All right. Let me talk to you a little bit about rough greens. Um, you know, the food that you feed your dog, if it's kibble food, has to sit, you know, by law, has to be able to sit on the shelves for two years. Mm. Now, think about eating something that can sit on the shelf for two years. Does it sound like it's something really, really super nutritious for you? No. Uh, green food is good food. Have a salad. Shut up. Naturopathic Don, uh, Dr. Dennis Dr. Dennis Black was the one who you know put together rough greens. It's vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants. You name it. It's like a salad for your dog, except much healthier. But dogs can't talk back, and dogs apparently love it. I mean, I've tried to feed Uno, you know, a piece of lettuce. He's like, he's me. What the no? Uh, Uno went from being the pickiest eater on the planet to then wolfing down any food that's put in front of him once it has rough greens on top of it. Check it out. You get your first bag free. Roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Call them now. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash back. to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We are seeing the courage of so many people standing up and fighting for what they believe is right. And in many cases now, fighting for things that we all knew were right just a few years ago. For instance, we shouldn't mutilate a child's gender. You know, if you want to do that to yourself and you're in your 20s or 30s, whatever. But a child? Uh, no, I don't think you should be able to decide those things until you're stable as an adult, till your brain is fully developed, which is like 25 years old. No gender mutilation on kids, but that's... That's now a controversial issue to say that. Well, we talked yesterday to a guy in British Columbia, Canada. He is a father. His daughter was groomed in the British Columbia school system to believe she was really a boy. The children's hospital sent him a letter, a letter stating that they had the right to medically transition his child against his consent. That led to over five years in the Canadian court system. The guy is... I mean, you can imagine how broke you'd be after five years of this. He spent six months in jail, a huge fine, just because he wouldn't shut up about it. And the court system said, you got to stop talking to people. Well, he is risking more court time by uh, just coming on the radio. I'm not going to use his name again today, but I wanted to spend another you know, 15 or 20 minutes with him today to find out what he did right, what he did wrong, what do you recommend people do to be able to fight this in our own school? This is something that 
Well, they, when they asked the question, I didn't really hear a good, clear answer last night on the debate from anybody. Um, they, you know, Berg meant to me was, he just started talking about partnering with teachers unions. And I'm like, what is he even saying? A Muppet. Shut the Muppet up. We're going to talk to this gentleman in British Columbia in 60 seconds. Now, let me tell you about Natalia. She's a young woman. She found out she was pregnant. In both fear and anger, she decided she was going to get an abortion. She didn't think she could go through having a baby. But by the grace of God, through her partner's family, they were praying, she was led to a preborn network center. Once she saw her baby on the ultrasound and heard the heartbeat, she was overwhelmed. She chose life and has received ongoing love and support from preborn since then. She'll never be sorry she chose life. Because of your generous support, Preborn writes 200 stories a day just like this. $28 can be the difference between life and death of a child. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound, hears the heartbeat, it's a divine connection and doubles the baby's chance at life. So let's join together and help mothers in crisis choose life. And then let's take care of the moms as well. Just hit pound 250, pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or you can donate online at preborn.com slash back. All of your gifts are tax deductible. 100% of your donation goes towards saving babies. Preborn.com slash back. Sponsored by Preborn. As we said yesterday, I'm not going to give you this man's uh, name for fear of even more reprisals by his government in British Columbia. I'm just going to call him uh, Dad. Welcome to the program. Welcome back, Dad. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. How are you today? Well, I'm good. I'm, I'm hoping you come with uh, some advice and some answers uh, for us because you didn't win the fight. You haven't talked to your daughter now in three years because uh, they gave her a choice, right? They did. They, uh, I mean, the ruling from the courts back in 2019 was that uh, she had the right to inject herself with testosterone and pretty much do whatever she wanted to do as if she was an adult. Uh, they took that right away from me. And, uh, and of course, once that happened, this is where I kind of left off a bit yesterday as I, as I dropped my two lawyers. And, and I, had a, I had a choice to make at that point in time. Uh, you know, we weren't going to pursue it to the Supreme Court of Canada. But I was sitting on something that was super important that I thought everybody should know, you know, and and so I had to decide what to do with that information. Do I follow the courts and, and continue to be gagged and kind of watch other children get mutilated when I know what I know? And and and, and do I have a choice in, in that way? And I, and I felt that I did. And I, and I didn't feel bound by court orders when the court orders were so harmful to children. And so, you know, I was even talking with some media at that time. And, and I remember one fellow was saying, you know, this is probably your, your opportunity to become a leader in this. You know, make a big, bold decision and just move forward. And so I did. I had a lot of people that were telling me to just stay quiet. We'll find another case. We'll figure this out. Maybe we'll get. And, and I thought, no. And so I did. I broke my. I broke all the, the gag orders I was under. I went and did a whole bunch of interviews uh, to the point where I wasn't the only one in court. 
at that time. There was media people in court that they were going after. And letters were being sent all over the place telling people to take content down. And in Canada, all the you know letters were sent to Google. And all Canadian content was removed. You couldn't find the story up here anymore. And so, yeah, obviously being brought back into court. And, it, and I didn't stop, even in court. It infuriated the courts because I would come in and a new story would be coming out the morning I'm back in court again. And the judge is like, what's this new thing? Uh, and at that time, they also believed I had the power somehow to get the stuff all taken down. And, I, and, and at that point, I was representing myself. And I said, well, Oof. you know, the, you know the, the horse is out of the barn, right? You can't, you know, the toothpaste is out of the toothpaste tube. But yet the expectation was on me that I could put it all back in. That somehow I could go back to the pre, back when I was being gagged and following the gag orders. But that wasn't going to happen. I mean, the story went essentially around the, the planet. You know, I, people I, wanted to. I, I don't understand how governments think that they have the right to gag you on uh, something that is affecting your life in this way. That, you, that somehow or another they can tell you, here's the punishment. We disagree with you. And now you can never, ever talk about it. That's insanity insanity well that's what i thought i mean this is their argument is is they're saying well the reason we're doing this is we're protecting your child because you're harming her by telling the story and sharing her medical information is what they said and so in their minds but this isn't what it is they're they're protecting their agenda but they don't tell you that part that's what they're actually doing but they're pretending they're, they're they're actually caring about your child no they're not you know once your child is out of high school the school doesn't, I mean, the school is gone. The government's gone. They don't care if you stay transgender or not. The pharmaceuticals care. But beyond that, uh, you're on your own. Um, you're only on a pedestal while you're in government sort of care, if you want to call schools that, which it kind of is. And so, uh, yes. So to me, I, I thought, well, I'm going to break these gag orders. And but that's why they did it. They did it to protect the agenda. Because they knew if, if parents knew and if well, anybody knew, you know, generally speaking, you're going to say, why would you sterilize a child? Why are we allowing this to happen? But if you do it behind parents' backs and you intimidate them, which was a tactic. I mean, remember when I broke gag orders, this is like four or five years ago. It's not even today where things have changed just to a great degree from where it was when I did this. Um, and yeah, they would take your job. I mean, I talked to so many parents, they're terrified. They're like, we just go with it. We don't like it, but we'd rather keep our child. And, and of course they play the suicide card, oh, yeah. which is, this is the only card that they've got. And it's so much baloney because my daughter even told me, she's like, she's like, dad, I'm going to commit suicide. I said, Oh no, you're not. And she starts laughing. She's like, no, but she goes, but that's what the doctor tells me to say. She goes, she's like, I have to say that I'm told to do that. That's how I get treatment. So, so the whole thing is a scam. You spent 70 days, would have been a lot longer, but the uh, Court of Appeals turned things around. So you sent, you spent 70 days in, in prison. Uh, I did. You can, they're, this, they're still thinking the general, uh, the Attorney General of Canada could appeal the decision. They have until early October 
to appeal it and put you back in prison. Um, That's right. The Attorney General of British Columbia. Yeah. So he can push it into federal Supreme Court of Canada. Do you think that's going to happen? I haven't heard anything. You know, what's what's you again, this is the first in Canada is that they took a civil case and turned it into a criminal case. So what happened was, is, as I mentioned in my my previous my first Beast Court of Appeal ruling, they took it from a, a criminal matter down to a civil matter. Well, the, the judge deliberately on his own, not even under request from the lawyers on who were opposing me, because he asked him, he goes, would you like to turn this into a criminal contempt of court case? And they said no. And he says, well, what does, what does you know, the, my daughter say? And that lawyer said, no, she's also not asking for that to happen. But then the judge handed it over to prosecution services anyways. And they turned the civil case into a criminal case. So this is how hard the government is coming after me. So when you ask, will they take this to the Supreme Court of Canada? I wouldn't be surprised. Well, this interview is an example. This interview is not going to uh, help all that much. I'm going to take a one minute break and I, then I want to spend like five minutes with you on what did you do right? What did you do wrong? What do you recommend parents who are going through this? What should they do? By the way, he is fighting and he is up. The, he's up against all the powerful people up in Canada. Um, he's having to fight it by himself and it's very expensive. You can go to go get funding.com go get funding.com. Just search for BC father fighting medical transitioning of child. Uh, and you will find his story still without a name. Go get funding.com help him win this fight. Your car exists uh, in one of two states. It can be either a vehicle delivering you to and from the places you need to go, or it's the world's biggest and heaviest paperweight. And if you're not covered for repairs after your warranty runs out, I got bad news. It's going to eventually be the paperweight. Car repairs are insanely expensive right now. Not so for having protection for them. Uh, If you have protection, you have uh, a way to survive your car going in for a huge repair. When you enroll with CarShield, you're getting protection plans start as low as $100 a month, flexible month-to-month coverage, your choice of an ASE certified mechanic, 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance. You'll have complimentary roadside assistance, rental car options. You also get no long-term contracts. Okay, Maybe most important of all, considering the whole inflation problem, you get a price lock guarantee. Your price will never go up. No matter how many times you file a claim, no matter if you put extra mileage on your car as it increases, no matter what inflation does, no price increase guaranteed. Car Shield, 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Carshield.com slash back. Use it and gain 20% savings now. 10 seconds station ID. In case you missed that, where you can go and help him fight his legal battle on this, go get funding.com. Okay, so what did you, first of all, do you regret taking this on at all? You know, in hindsight, looking back, I, I don't. People have often asked me that question, and, and I don't regret it because I look at all the change. You, you know, it may have been a more difficult situation if, you know, nothing had changed at all, and I was just beating my head against the wall, but... Uh, clearly, you know, you, I mean, you know what's going on in the U.S. I mean, there are some provinces now, uh, 
up in Canada that are starting to push back on this stuff. Right. And so I'm glad to see what I'm seeing. You know, uh, you know, I look at it this way. You, and, and of course, I don't expect everyone to do what I did. I mean, it, this is a little bit of a, of a one, something that, yeah, you don't have that expectation. But, you know, I, I, in Canada, I look at this trifecta of death. We have abortion, sterilization, and euthanasia. They're going to start euthanizing kids as young as 12 in this country I know. very soon. And, and that, and by so the way, kind of, for those of you who don't know, that's not hyperbole. That is actually happening. And the kids can just say, I'm depressed. And the doctor can then say, I can help you with that death if you'd like. As early as 12. Anyway, go ahead. That's right. Yeah. So as, as I'm getting, as, as parents now are finding out after the fact that the kids are being sterilized, parents are going to get a call saying, yeah, your child's at the funeral home. And, you know, they did it under mature consent. Um, but, yeah, no, so what I what I sort of came up with is what I call the trifecta of, uh, of pushing back. And, and that, to me, was, you know, get into the courts, fight in the courts, uh, you know, get into the media, get attention out, because it's about educating people, making people aware. Uh, and, and last, and the hardest one, which is finally starting to happen here, and it's been happening in many states, is legislation, get stuff passed. And that's the, tip, that's the, the most difficult one. But it's starting to happen as well. And so, you know, I say, you know, I was looking at the numbers the other day. And we have just under, I think, 8 billion people in the world. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to add up, you know, the Catholics, the Protestants, the Muslims, the Jewish. And it's well over 4 billion. And I'm thinking, if, if, even if people of faith were true to their beliefs, we wouldn't be in this mess. Correct. Like, how is the minority pushing us around and, and why are so many churches even failing on this matter? And, you know, I always say to people, you know, it's, it's not for us to follow our children into hell. It's for us to pull our children out of hell and back towards heaven. And yet so many parents will just be like, well, I'm just going to live with this. I'm just, I, you know, I don't want my child to not like me. Well, that's not proper parenting. You know, p- parenting is tough love. And you don't just allow your child to do whatever they want to do. But... And so when I say to people, what can you do? Number one is parent, you know, be a proper parent. Don't give into this stuff. To me, that's, that's critical. I mean, this is what they're trying to destroy is your families and the relationships that you have. So your, uh, your daughter is 19. You haven't spoken to her, uh, for three years. Um, last you saw her, she loved you. She shared things with you privately. Um, you had a good relationship. It seems, um, then yeah, her and I were close. And so you don't have that relationship now. If she comes back to you in, you know, a few years and she says, dad, I'm glad I did that. Uh, and I'm a boy. Now I've taken all the hormones and everything else. Will you, will you use her name that you gave her or will you use the name she is taking? How are you going to deal with that? Yeah, I've, I've thought about it. I, I never want to speak, you know, in a delusion. I, like, I will never call my daughter a he ever. Mm-hmm. I can assure you of that. But the approach I, I think I would take is I just won't, I just get around it. I won't use anything. I'll just say you. I'll just be more like first person. Because I, I, at the same time, my conscience can't allow me to use a male pronoun for a female. But at the same time, you know, it. And it's not even out of respect, I guess, because I don't respect when people do this, but just to avoid 
you know, a clash, I suppose I would just say, Hey, you is an example, but yeah, yeah. it's a difficult one. Cause I, I talked to many people about it and, uh, and a lot of them will call their daughters. He's because that's yeah. what they want. And, I, and I, I think I'm with you. I would call, I, I would use a, a name is just a name. You know, Alex can go either way. Um, but uh, so a name is just a name. But, you know, denying the reality, because if I go in, if I had to take my daughter into uh, a hospital for something going wrong, I wouldn't say, no, uh, that's a boy. I, I would immediately say this is a girl. She's she's transitioned, uh, but she's she's a girl because that would be important to know for the doctors. You can never deny that. Never. No, and that's what's silly right now is that, you know, one thing that my daughter was allowed to do back in 2019 was she was allowed to uh, change her vital statistics with the, with the federal government. That's insane. And so what you're seeing is all of a sudden you're seeing in the in the, in the stats is you're seeing, uh, you know, girls that have. You know, cancers that only men can have. Yeah. Like prostate cancer. Like, it's ridiculous stuff. It's ridiculous Um, stuff, but... What is the one thing that you would give advice on not doing? The thing that you are glad you didn't do or wish you hadn't have done? Well, there's... I look at... I see two camps of people. I see those that sort of follow... I would call it the Martin Luther King Jr. model... And those that kind of follow the Malcolm X model, I tend to be in the Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, club in yeah, that regards. Me too. And and what I'll see is I'll see people, be, and again, it gets trendy because it's good for clicks as well, right? You'll see people going in and just stirring it up, like just getting in people's faces and just being very aggressive. It's both ways. Trust me, Antifa and all that. Yeah. I mean, I saw them last Wednesday. Uh, there was a big march, Canadian wide march. To, for for kids to save kids, uh, and sometimes it's just not worth antagonizing. Correct. And that way, I, you know, I think I've accomplished a lot more by going through the courts, doing things that way, than you know, if I'm deliberately seeking out places where I know the trans like collect themselves. Like I'm not going to go to a gay bar right and start preaching about. Right. Sure. How much I don't like transgenderism. All right. With kids. Let me tell you, I, I have an awful lot of respect for the way you have handled this. I, I can't imagine what it has been like for the last few years or what is still yet to come. This could help put you back in jail, just this interview. And thank you for your courage. If you would like to help him fight, his attorneys are expensive. Go get funding.com. Go get funding.com. Search for BC Father Fighting Medical Transitioning. All right. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says there's a disconnect between how the economy is doing and how we feel it's doing. Yeah. um, You know, maybe somebody else buys the groceries for her, goes to the gas station for her. Um, They know what they're doing. What they're doing is destroying our country and our economy. They're doing it because they want to end capitalism. That's not hyperbole. You don't understand that. You should read Dark Future. Okay, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. That's what they're intentionally doing. So what are you going to do when the dollar eventually collapses or inflation goes into hyperinflation? What happens to all of your savings? Would you please, please consider calling Goldline and buying some precious metals to have gold or silver or platinum or something is important because it will keep its value. 
For every full ounce of fractional gold eagles purchased, you're going to receive a free one tenth ounce platinum St. Helena Trust Series coin. So now you can get gold and platinum. 866 Gold Line. Get this deal now. Call them. They're waiting for you. 866 Gold Line. Tonight it's back to back. Studios America and Glenn TV. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. So there is a uh, story in today's uh, show prep that I think is very important. If you don't have, if you don't get my show prep every day, please go to uh, glennbeck.com. It is free. You'll get about 80 stories a day. It is all, really all the things you need to know. If you, if you listen to me, this is my show prep. I've, I've never made this available before, but this, these are the stories that I'm looking at every day to try to track where we are and what's coming our way. And so you get a very different look at the news, and I, I urge you to get it. It's free, and you just go to glenbeck.com and sign up for it. But there is a, there is a story uh, right now that the, one of the, the main things that Americans are concerned about is this transgender nonsense that we're dealing with now in our schools with our kids uh, and, you know, who, who is going to stop this? Well, there's a story out uh, as well that's happening in West Virginia that you may not be aware of. And Patrick Morrissey, he is the, he's the guy he's running, I think, for governor now. He is the first attorney general in West Virginia to be a Republican since 1933. It's crazy. Um, but he is now fighting because he says that West Virginians should not have to pay for gender affirming care. And there has been a, a court ruling that said, no, Medicaid, you have discretion uh, on what you cover. But this isn't one of those times you have to cover transition surgeries and hormones and everything else, which can be thousands and thousands of dollars. He's fighting it, and he's with us now. Hello, Patrick. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. It's good to be back with you. Thank you, my friend. You bet. So you're fighting this, and what are you coming up against? Well, this is a really important case uh, because, as you indicated, in August of last year, a federal judge ruled that the West Virginia Medicaid program must provide coverage for these uh, transgender surgeries under Medicaid. And that we took issue with because the state of West Virginia uh, does not want to utilize taxpayer dollars for this purpose. We think that the procedures are unproven. There's no medical evidence that it's actually right. serving the purpose. And quite frankly, uh, West Virginia is heavily burdened with a lot of other health care problems, whether it's drug addiction or cancer or heart disease or diabetes. So states have to make difficult dollars and cents decisions every day. And we're saying we should not be forced to do this. And the court's response that, yes, you do. How, how do you interpret that? Well, I think that the court is arguing that uh, there's discrimination. And we are saying, no, there is not. 
that we're saying that when you have an unproven a type of surgery, when you have the type of procedure that's not recognized, it's not subject to a Medicare coverage determination, it's not covered uh, when private insurance, it's not covered by the U.S. military, Medicaid shouldn't be an exemption. And so they're trying to make this all about discrimination. And what we're arguing is, now, wait a minute. We have a huge deficit in Medicaid, and we can't afford to pay for everything out there. And obviously, uh, the key is that this can't be done based on politics. This should be based upon the law. And states shouldn't be forced to cover these kind of procedures. And I know, uh, Glenn, we could talk a lot about the other work that we're doing, you know, protecting the integrity of women's sports and fighting off uh, the separate part of the agenda. But this, to me, is a really simple one. You can't just force governments to pay for unproven uh, matters, especially when the state is trying to manage precious resources. All right. So. Patrick, um, when are you going in to uh, fight this, and yeah. where is it going? Absolutely. So this uh, was just an argument uh, before the Fourth Circuit unbox, so the whole panel that was last week. And uh, we expect that in upcoming months we'll get a decision, and this may end up being the first case that goes up to the U.S. Supreme Court uh, on this. We're watching it. Uh, we feel really good about the arguments that we're making. Uh, and uh, I think that we'll probably know by later this year or early next year. Are any other states joining you in this? Well, this is early on right now, but we would expect if it goes up uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court that we would probably have many states okay. join us because I can't imagine there aren't going to be 20, 25 states uh, equally no. interested in this. Right. Um, can I switch the subject uh, with you? There, yeah. There is a story about uh, James Castro. He's from Texas. And he is trying to take Donald Trump's name off of the ballots in red states. And your state is targeted. Uh, and I know the GOP is fighting, uh, fighting this. But what is the AG's office doing about it? And can you do anything about it? Yeah, absolutely. So our office is going to defend the Secretary of State's office in this lawsuit. And we think it's uh, utterly wrong to try to keep former President Donald Trump out of this primary. And we know that this is part of an action that people are filing across uh, the country. But when we think you can't exclude an eligible candidate from the ballot, especially with the arguments that they're making, and we're going to defend the laws of West Virginia, and I think we're going to prevail in court because these guys are trying kind of an unproven theory in terms of their definitions of insurrection and other issues. I don't think it's going to get upheld in the court. We're going to proudly help step up and ensure that this lawsuit's defeated. I have to tell you, uh, I mean, everything that the left is doing to silence Donald Trump is is truly remarkable to me. I mean, you know, you say you don't like insurrection. Uh, you're doing everything you can to push for insurrection. Why would you silence uh, a, a candidate this close to the election when you can just let the people decide? I mean, that's our system. You let the people decide. Yeah, Glenn, you know, and I've been on your program before, 
This is the worst form of election interference when you try to prosecute your political enemies. You try to prevent them from getting on the ballot. We're seeing it in terms of all of these indictments that have come up. This is absolutely a double standard of justice. And that's why, as the West Virginia attorney general, I've been very clear. I've spoken out against all of these efforts to target one man. I think it's wrong at every level. And uh, I, I keep trying to weigh in and block that from happening, whether it's this case of trying to prevent him from uh, being on the ballot or separately making arguments about uh, some of the indictments that I think have very, very weak evidence attached to them. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for the fight. L- let us know when the uh, court gets uh, when the court case gets turned in. I'd, I'd love to hear what they had to say. Patrick Morrissey is a West Virginia attorney general, one of the good guys. Uh, thank you so much, Patrick. I appreciate it. Hey, Glenn, thanks so much. And if folks want to learn more, stand up Patrick Morrissey dot com and uh, follow what we're working on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hi, yeah, yeah. Biden's first impeachment inquiry hearing is underway uh, right now. Jonathan Turley just started uh, speaking. Turley is a guy who sometimes hacks me off, sometimes uh, makes me feel good. And that's how I usually know somebody is actually following the Constitution because the Constitution doesn't always agree with me. And uh, can we just dip in here real quick and and see what he's having to say? It's interesting to me that of a multi-million dollar the only ones covering this is Fox. And then finally, President Biden may have benefited from millions of dollars as a part of that scheme. Now, those facts should not be taken out of context. They're merely allegations, and they should not become presumptions of impeachable conduct. Indeed, as I've said in past impeachments, self-dealing is a difficult issue under the impeachment clause. The framers sought to avoid ambiguous standards. That's one of the reasons that perfidy was rejected. While it may not sit well with many, President Biden and other presidents can be dishonest, can even lie to the American people, and that would not constitute an impeachable offense. Indeed, most presidents have lied to the American people. That's why I've not liked any president since James Madison. (laughs) Now, dishonesty alone is not impeachable, and so what I lay out in my testimony are what I call guardrails or best practices. Those are designed to protect this process. Frankly, a number of the things I lay out benefit President Biden, as I say in my testimony. Because presidential impeachment shouldn't be a close question, it shouldn't be a rush to judgment. And you should avoid the type of confirmation bias that can can, uh, occur in this process. This is, as people say, a political process, but it is also a constitutional process. Influence peddling is a form of corruption. The United States has signed treaties to combat this form of corruption around the world. And that is also an inescapable fact. All right. So this is just the beginning. Last night, there was a whole bunch of memos, uh, emails, uh, banking records, et cetera, et cetera, that was was dumped. And it is, again, it is evidence, but it it is not, you know, it has to be decided in a court of law or in this case, 
if we impeach the president of the United States. But it seems very clearly that something is is has been going on that if it uh, if it didn't matter, why would you lie about it? That That's the really important thing that we have to say to our friends because they're going to say when all of this is done well it doesn't matter anyway so what he took money wait it didn't it doesn't matter then why would he lie about it why did you say that he never did that if it didn't matter if it was no big deal your argument would have been from the beginning but it's no big deal if he did you have to anchor yourself someplace in the harbor and we got to make sure they just can't just pick up the anchors and move them to another harbor and then drop the anchor there and say well uh, that harbor didn't matter you know it did because you fought over it why would you fight over it if indeed it didn't matter it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a tough year but i think it is um i think the republicans are doing the right thing on this however we are also going to find out if they're going to do the right thing on the budget by this weekend we are either going to have a government shutdown on saturday or they're going to have a uh some sort of a bill and if it's a continuing resolution is it's for me gop is over it's just over um i mean i already won't give them a dime i'll give certain candidates money but i won't give the gop a dime if they decide just to do the McConnell and uh, and Schumer continuing resolution, which keeps the same budget for everything, plus adds more money for Ukraine, I'm done with them. What good are they? Do you honestly think there's any other outcome that's possible? Yes. Depends on uh, how strong the Freedom Caucus stands. So basically, they they control the line. They shut down the government. Yep. Eventually, they have to come to the table and yep. have some concessions. Yep. What level of concessions would make you happy? I mean, is it because uh, I You've got to secure the border. You got to secure the border, and I think you need to uh, rein in some of the the corruption that we know is happening with the DOJ. You know, s- stop, stop, defund at least some of it. At least some of it. Um, you, you just have to cut the spending, cut the insane, just the most insane things. Cut that. You do 5%. At least that's something. But as Chip Roy said on the program yesterday, you've got to contr- you've got to get the border in control. If they don't give you the money and the authorization and the people to control this border and shut this down, I say you, you shut the government down for as long as it takes. By the way, uh, I sure like to hear from um, uh, from uh, McCarthy. I think he owes it to the American people and to the Republican voters. Are you for a continuing resolution or are, is that a no-go zone? Life throws you some curveballs from time to time. The curveballs can be really scary. Wars, natural disasters, economic downturn. Any of these things sound crazy right now? This is where my Patriot Supply can help. They are the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food, and they provide a perfect way to have peace of mind for your family. Remember, it's always better to have emergency food and not need it rather than suddenly need it and not have it. 
Head to MyPatriotSupply.com and prepare with emergency food that will stay fresh for up to 25 years. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious food kits offering over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. And don't forget about the water filtration and purification products. These are perfect for your bug out bag, survival supply, or camping pack. One thing is sure, no need to stock up once the panic has set in, because you're not going to have access to it, do it now. Order at 3 p.m. Your items will sh- ship the same day. It's that fast. MyPatriotSupply.com. It's MyPatriotSupply.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Do you remember the family that came from Germany because they wanted to homeschool their kids and they couldn't talk about God in Germany? Well, they've been here, good citizens here in the United States, and uh, now they're being sent back to Germany. Ice just knocked at their door. This family we're sending back, well, thousands, hundreds of thousands come across our border. Are you kidding me? We're talking to them next.